Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Stories Podcast with Graham and Brian. So, Graham, uh, what do you got for me today? Oh my, I'm telling you, this story today of the legend of Katie Sage is fantastic. It's exactly why I wanted to do a podcast about real stories. So what we're going to hear today is a story about the unsinkable Katie Sage, and we're going to find out, first of all, her story, and then why we've never heard of her. Yeah, if you're from where we're from, and you're, you were always thinking like, well, I know all this stuff, because you know, it is, you, you hear all this stuff in Wyandotte County. Yeah. Um, uh, of his uh, of history, and this story has slipped through the cracks for some reason, but we've found it, and we're gonna bring it to you. It's the story of Katie Sage, a girl who was kidnapped, and I'm not gonna tell you anymore. But she was yep, a kidnapped yep. girl that ended up in Wyandotte County. We'll get to it. Uh, yep, everybody. A long, long, long time ago. Yep. All right. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy the show. We'll get to it. Okay, Graham, I think we've uh, beat around the bush long enough. Why don't you go ahead and tell us the real story of Katie Sage? So, Katie Sage. So, in 1792, Katie Sage was five years old. They lived in, like, southern... Well, they lived in southern Virginia and had moved to this town called Elk Creek on Elk Creek. It was They really didn't live in a town, but they lived on... in. Elk Creek, Virginia. And so this was in 1792. Western, Eastern Virginia? Western like, Virginia. I'd say West Central. Okay. It, it's like, it's not far out. It wouldn't be West Virginia today. It would. It's still in Virginia today. So in 1792, she's five. They live in like a frontier cabin. I mean, this is old school. They had had to like cross over mountains to get down into this place. They actually had to take their, their wagon apart and carry it up piece by piece over one of the mountains to get down into this valley that is the Elk Creek Valley. It's like near Shenandoah National Forest and all that stuff today. It's like beautiful country. So in 1792, Katie Sage is five years old. Her dad and brother, are, brother Charles, are out uh, hunting. And her mom is boiling some water down by Elk Creek. They literally, their cabin's like right on Elk Creek. She's boiling some water to wash laundry, which is a great story all in in (laughs) itself. If I ended the story right here, it'd be like, this is sweet. There's a five-year-old girl whose mom's boiling water in a cast iron pot. It's it's a Disney story until. (laughs) It is, yeah. Well, it kind of could be a Disney story. So then what happens is there's a, a, a... There had only been there. Well, anyway, her mom's washing the laundry. And when she turns around... And yells for Katie, nothing. And so Katie's gone. And she looks around. She yells for a little while. She, you know, doesn't think too much of it right away. Assumes she wandered a little far. And she yells for her every couple minutes. And then finally, after a while, realizes she's gone. The dad and the uh, the brother come back. Um, and she tells them that they're gone. They start a search party. They go looking for Katie Sage. She's nowhere to be found. The dad, they they look, they have neighbors out looking. They look the entire valley. They look through over over both passes down into that valley. And I think it's an important thing to remember when we think about a search party then, like there's no roads. 
So right. <laughs> like no, where no, no infrastructure. There's no infrastructure. So they're just look they're just looking blindly. And the only clue they get is that um a neighboring farm had um someone attempt to steal some horses from their farm the week before. And this is another interesting part of the story is that they the guy they they caught him, they saw him and he ran off and they knew what he looked like. And after getting the entire valley, uh, all the people that live there searching, everyone after talking said, look, like no one comes in and out of this valley without us knowing. Mm-hmm. The only stranger that's been here is this horse thief. <laughs> and so what we now know, is they look for a long time. Eventually, the uh, the father is kind of, I think, goes a little crazy about it. Um, he, for like over the, 12 the, years. The father of the girl? The father of, of Katie. Of Katie, yeah. Uh, he... I, in a way, I think never really recovers from it and ends up dying. Never have seen her, never found her. Uh, uh, but he does go to like a, um, you know, a fortune teller, uh, oh. you know, uh, and she says, you'll never see your daughter alive again, but your daughter is alive and well, and she will contact your wife. That's all he gets from this, like, you know, palm reader or whatever. <laughs> which, which is a pretty typical response. You know? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and I don't know about that part of the story. Who yeah, knows? But right. it's a real story. This is the way the story's told. Yeah, sure. So, um, so she, so the husband eventually kind of gives up the search after that. Um, and, but always is looking whenever they go outside of the, the valley, they're always asking, um, and, and, you know, it, it's a pretty popular story. It made, you know, they, they had things hanging on. So, so real outside quick, taverns and stuff looking for this horse thief. Did they, did they know anything about the horse thief? Did they know if he was this worthy? Was it, was it a native American? Was a, no, he's was a, a white, white, white guy. guy. Okay. And he was wearing black. We know that the horse thief did steal her because eventually he, tr- uh, we get Katie's story. Katie yeah. is the one who tells this. We get the story. So, so here's what happened. Katie Sage was kidnapped by that horse thief, mm-hmm. but he didn't kidnap her because you know, some weird stuff we might think. Um, and I won't go there, but he kidnapped her cause he's looking for money. He kidnapped her. He sold her to a group of Cherokee Indians who basically just uh, Native American groups, they they had a thing for blonde girls, evidently. They they had a thing for absorbing people, period. Agreed. They, they, they did. They, they, they understood that the a little bit of difference could like add to their... They, they weren't afraid to assimilate somebody into their culture. Yes. And, they, and they often did. Yeah, they yeah. did. So this Cherokee, a group of Cherokee Indians bought her from this horse thief. They She lives with them for a few years, and then they bring her up north. They go down the New River. She went canoeing down the New River. Where, that is that is only recently, within the last week, I believe, been uh, 
finally announced as a national park. Oh, they did? I yep. didn't even know that. Yep. That's it's awesome. It's the 61st, 2nd or 3rd National Park now oh, is cool. in West Virginia. Very cool. So, continue. So she, Sorry. these Cherokee Indians bring her up through West Virginia. Well, it would have been Western Virginia at the time, mm-hmm. um, down the New River. They cross into the Ohio. They meet with some Delaware Indians. They end up in Wyandotte County, Ohio. Oh. At... Upper Sandusky, the Native American old town, Upper Sandusky. Uh, This would have been somewhere around 1796. She she is bought. No, she's given to the Wyandots as a gift from the Cherokee Indians as a young girl. So at this Mm -hmm. time, she's like nine years old. She learns Wyandot language. She will eventually forget English, which is interesting because English speaking people within not that long of here are here. But for some reason, she was evidently not involved in any diplomatic situations with someone like, uh, you know, when John Stewart came 20 years later, you'd think they'd be like, Oh, Katie speaks a little English. We, you know, but I've never heard that. Uh, of- it, it, if you were, even if you remember, obviously it's been Hollywood touched, but, Dances with Wolves, the 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 girl that had been kidnapped at yeah. five years old. Yes, still it took her several weeks to learn and English it again. And it yeah. would, yeah. So so you can, I guess, what I'm getting at is you can lose a language um, if you don't use it pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So so she sold to the Wyandotte Indians. <laughs> the Wyandotte, and she ends up. I'm gonna keep moving here. She ends up marrying. Tarhi, Chief Tarhi. She is the wife of Chief Tarhi. Who we're her, all familiar with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, he's around our part, you know, in Upper Sandusky here. She's a she's kind of a big deal. So she uh she marries Chief Tarhi. She takes on an Indian name, Yarlaquins. And I could be butchering that, but you know, <laughs> Yarlaquins, something in that range. Um Chief Tarhi who I've actually seen. So anyway, Chief Tarhi dies. She marries between the logs, who was a chief for like one year during the principal years, but he also was one of the main Methodist native preachers that preached in the Wyandotte language to the Wyandotte Indians. Uh, She lives here in Upper Sandusky until 1843 when the Wyandotte Indians are are removed. Um, if, you, if you're not from here and you don't know this, the Wyandotte Indians were removed from Upper Sandusky in the summer of 1843. They were the last native group um, to leave Ohio. Um, it's kind of the caboose of the Trail of Tears, although there's, they were certainly not treated the way the Cherokee and Georgia were or anything in the real Trail of Tears. But well, no, at the time, the, the Wyandots here had, a, had pretty well assimilated to town. It was, a, it was by force... Uh, yeah, about 50 Basically, 50. Were... Uh, people like Tarhi wanted to stay. Um, but, but, but other after... Indians like Warpole wanted to leave. There were definitely two groups that the sure. people who had converted to Christianity kind of were fine with staying. Well, after in a after cabin. the Indian Removal Act and the fighting was done, they, they all kind of relaxed a little bit. Well, most of them relaxed a little bit. Um, yes. And, and Upper Sandusky was actually home to the last Wyandotte Indian Reservation in the state of Ohio. Correct. So, yes. Uh, so 1843, yeah. they marched down through, you know, Columbus, uh, Dayton, down to Cincinnati. They get on 
barges and they head down and they end up in Kansas on the re- the Wyandotte Reservation in Kansas. And years later, Charles Sage, her brother, the one that had been out hunting, has now that they end up with the Sages end up with twelve kids. So they had more children after she, you know, um, Charles is a merchant and it trades with Indians. He's in Kansas. This is a real story. He's in (laughs) Kansas. He is talking to an Indian agent who says, do you have a sister that's married to that, that is, was married to a native American named frost. And he says, no, but I, I do have a, lost sister. And this guy says, there's a woman living on this Wyandotte reservation that looks just like you. Wow. (laughs) I know it gives me goosebumps. Like thinking (laughs) about it. He goes there. He, you know, she says, yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, I was kidnapped because I don't really remember what my name, I don't know, you know, and this is all through a translator because she doesn't speak English at this time. Mm. It's in 1850. It's in like 1848 or 1850. It's right in there. Okay. So this is, you know, she's now the West is open. We can do that math in the after show. We can figure out how old she is, but she's an old woman at this point. She's 65. She's actually going blind. She's beginning to lose her sight. And she says to him, um, you know, I do have, they find out that she has um, really short hands. And so that's like her one distinguishing characteristic. He wants her to go back to Virginia and meet her mom. Her mm-hmm. mom's still alive. And she says, look, I'm blind. I have no interest in leaving here. Um, you know, it's <laughs> funny because it's another, we'll talk about it. He thought, well, yeah, come on, you're coming home. She's like, whoa, yeah. whoa. I'm like the I princess can't see anything anyway. of the Wyandotte Indians. Yeah. I think I'm going to hang out here. I, yeah. She, um, she says, well, he writes home to his mom. His mom writes back and says she burnt her leg on a pole when she was a little girl. She had a scar. And she also has a birthmark on her lower back. And sure enough, that's her. It's her. And so he wants her to go back, but she tells him, look, I know that this is where it's an interesting story too, because He's like, I've saved you. And she says, now, like, look, I lived a wonderful life. Yeah. The, the, literally the man who kidnapped me did me no harm. He sold me to a group of Cherokee who treated me like a, a princess. Probably better than I would have been treated yep. in frontier Virginia. I end up at this Wyandotte village and am married to two of the most significant Wyandotte Indians that we know. Like yeah. if, if I, if you had to ask anyone in upper Sandusky name, a Wyandotte Indian, Tarhi would certainly be toward the top. There's a road know. named after him and a monument. I don't know if anybody else could name another. <laughs> yes, he might be the only one. <laughs> yeah. And if you could, because you've been to Old Mission Church, you might be able to name Between the Logs, because that's Split a sweet logs, name. Two Logs. Yeah, yeah. whatever. You yeah. know, something like that. Mononcue, you yeah. know. So she stays and she says, look, I lived a good life. I will see everyone in heaven or in the other life. When we cross over, we'll meet again. And that was it. She died five years later of pneumonia. Uh, and that is the real story of Katie Sage. That's incredible. Isn't it great? Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and Brian and I'll break the story down for you. Great.
was on an April morning, the sun was shining bright, poor little Katie was stolen and taken off in fright. Her mother was out washing while Katie was at play. When she looked for Katie, she was stolen and taken away. The mother called for father. Father came to search. The calls rang out for neighbors with sad and aching hearts. They roamed the mountains over and the valleys too. But they did not rescue Katie, whose heart was aching too. While out in father's wandering on the mountainside was found an old old lady who told him that she was alive. The years they did pass onward and the father died with a longing heart to find his stolen child. The family was all scattered, even far and wide, with dim memories of Katie. Katie and her smile Way out on an Indian reservation In Kansas far away Was found an old, old lady And her name was Katie Sage When her brothers recognized her To Virginia they planned to go sick with a fever and her heart was filled with woe poor Katie could live no longer her life was taken away she was buried on an Indian reservation and is sleeping silent today she went to meet her father Savior in heaven with an everlasting rest. Okay, so we're back. <laughs> and what I'm telling you is a great story, isn't it? A lot to digest. There yeah, is. There's a lot going on. It's here. like uh you I this is exactly what kind of stories I wanted to be able to tell on this podcast. Right. And 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 honestly, this is the kind of story that that you would see in a Hollywood film. And and it turns out Hollywood is just art imitating life. Yes, it's, exactly. Yeah. Real it's a real story that that I think if I never knew this story. I I didn't know this story. I think maybe I'm sure it had been mentioned to me. I'm sure someone has mentioned Katie Sage to me. 
but I don't really remember it until. I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, I was actually looking for books about Tarhi when I found Katie Sa- the story of Katie Sage, um, the book Yarlequins, um, and then eventually started looking into it, found the ballad of Katie Sage, the poem, mm-hmm. uh, and then tons of stuff. I mean, if you go to Virginia and you were in, uh, what's the county? Remember the county? Grayson. Grayson County. Yeah. If you're in Grayson County, there's a marker there, like a historic marker that has a very brief telling of the story. It says, you know, nearby was the home of James and how do you say it? Lovis. Lovis. James and Lovis Sage, right? Five-year-old daughter was taken 1792. 56 years later, her brother Charles reached her in Kansas and the Wyandotte Indian told him of that woman. And, you know, it's just this little thing. And if you didn't catch that windup part, it would just be another story for us. Yeah. But that windup part got us looking and then she's married to Chief Tarhi and between the logs. So so let me just throw this out there right there. If if anybody is listening from Grayson County, if you're listening and you have something proud to say about oh. about her, let us know. We'd because because we'd be interested to hear your side of it. Because as Wyandotte County residents, we are uh we're we're odd because we're not odd, but like we're we're unique because we have Tarhi who lived here. Like he's he is Wyandotte County to us. Yeah. We have Tarhi Trail. We have uh Tarhi's Monument. Tarhi Monument. Yeah. So Chief Tar uh you can get a pizza at Don Tomaso's Chief Tarhi. Called the Chief Tarhi. Yeah. I mean he's a thing around here. And yeah, I, I like to think that he's been very uh respectfully honored here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well I yeah, I don't think it was ever uh, uh you know savage honoring. Tarhi's like, no slough. Tarhi yeah. uh Tecumseh actually he's had a, a hit out on Tarhi. Tarhi is on the side of the city the the likeness of Tarhi is on the side of all the of city our city vehicles. things. And I don't know if it's an accurate liking to be I'm honest. Sure it's not. Maybe we can but, get a movement going on that. But maybe uh, we can prevent a movement going on. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, really. So <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, Tar he's a thing. Yeah. He is a but, thing around yeah, here. Back to what I was saying is that if, if any of you want to uh discuss Katie Sage, we can help you help give you some context as to who Tarhi, her first husband, was. Yeah. Or between the logs, from what I can gather, um if if between the logs was one of our friends, he'd be the one doing this podcast because I guess he had this awesome speaking voice. He was like an orator. So he wouldn't be me. He'd probably be Graham. <laughs> I, I wish I had one, you know, like just those deep radio, you know, I don't have a radio voice, but every, that's what I've always thought about him is that he had like a, well, he was a preacher. He was a Methodist preacher at old mission. Of course. The yeah. first Methodist mission in the app in the Northwest territory. So her dad, I, we could do an episode on her dad, James Sage, yeah. who fought in the American revolution. He, uh, um, was all sorts of battles. He, he fought, They're not coming to my mind right he now. He fought but. in the Kentucky Regiment for uh, in for Daniel or Davy Crockett for Davy Crockett the Crockett's Kentucky Regiment. Uh, he also was at uh, Monmouth Courthouse. Yep. Huge battle toward the end of the American Revolution. He was at Yorktown. I mean, this guy's a, he possibly like a stud. Then he gets this four hundred acre land grant in Grayson County, Virginia, crosses. Over and, these mountains to get and, there. And this is all he did with it. Yeah. Yeah, right. He, uh, it's actually, that's awesome because yeah, you're right. It's incredible. He, what a what a storied life. There's a book yeah. 
called The March of the Sages that is a story about the Sage family because they did have a whole there. It's a whole thing if you want to get on like genealogy and check that out. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, I think there's also like some lessons about what, how white pioneers who I think were the front lines of, unfortunately, the front lines of the battle with native Americans. So, so let's, let's, uh, so this is our second episode, Graham. Let's just, let's just go with this right here and say, because we don't need to explain this every, and I'm, I'm, I'm right. doing this out loud for a reason. Yeah. Um, we don't need to explain this every episode. I want the listeners to know that we in no way, shape or form hold any disrespect for any culture or color or race or creed or yeah. sexual orientation. Brian and I are super cool. Yeah. We're down, man. We're like, whatever. But let me say that if we don't say the right thing, we are very sorry. Oh, and, yeah. And well, I mean, just, I'm, I'm sorry as much as like I'm, I'm learning. I'm trying to learn this stuff. So. Sure. That, that's what yeah. I mean. Like, don't, don't criticize us if we don't get it right. Like, we understand. <laughs> or just don't listen to us. We, well, we understand in the past that there have been, we don't know what to call it. Is it Native American? Is it First Nations? Is it African American? Is it Black? It's the wine dot. Whatever it is. The, the end dot. That, I mean, that's yep. what they. We're going to say yeah. it the best we know how to explain it. We marched in the parade. That's right. So, yeah. Uh, I have wine dot friends. Yeah. Yeah, but what I was getting at with that was that the the pioneers that idea that when they found her, that they wanted her to come back, and they her and um, he the the there's another brother involved, they tried to get her to come back, and her story of how blessed of a life she had, I think is awesome. And it sort of is. It's like that thing that it reveals itself in a lot of like Western films. Where, you know, oh, there's like a native girl or a white girl that lives with a native village. It, it is a thing that happened for sure. Sure. Yeah. The uh, assimilation maybe was... even as early as Roanoke, you know, the, wherever those settlers of oh, Roanoke, it, if they lived. Roanoke. <laughs> it, it happened a hundred years before Roanoke. Maybe not with the girls, but. Uh, yeah, it was happening. Yeah. It, it was always <clears throat> happening. So anyway, it's a great story. Is there anything else? Like it, it's it's near. Uh, it, do you say Wytheville? I say Wytheville. Wasn't Wythe. it George Wythe? I think so. Yeah, yeah, George Wythe was a lawyer, law professor at uh, William Virginia. and Mary. Okay, Thomas. He was Thomas Jefferson's mentor, oh. and then was a member of the Revolutionary Founding Fathers as well. Was yeah. a signer of a couple documents. I forget which two, but probably his uh, check. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's kind of, he's kind he, of a big. He deal. signed a few documents. Yes, he signed a got a uh, town named after him. Mortgage payment. If you're from Upper Sandusky and you and you're thinking, yeah, Whiteville, I've heard of that. That's because um, Upper Sandusky South, better known as Topsail Island, Topsail. <laughs> we'll just call it the Outer Banks. Uh, any, any the place outer. The if outer you're banks. going to the Outer Banks, uh, all the way down, even to Savannah, you're driving. If you have through to get, if you have about, to get from Upper Sandusky to Winston Salem, North Carolina. Yep. For any to go see Jake. Anything someday. Uh, yeah, that's right through there. It's like what six hours from here. Yeah. And it's a it's a beautiful drive oh, and it's beautiful it's so country. Good. Yeah. It's so and good. and there's a holiday inn right off the highway if you're yeah. interested. It's where Andy <laughs> Kaler, uh Andy Kaler, who is one of the great we could do a show on Andy Kaler. And someday we will. And someday we will. Uh Andy Kaler used Jordan used to go to Hilton Head with them every year. She was good best friends with Rachel Kaler, mm -hmm. and they for 12 years in a row that Jordan can remember, there was no question 
they stopped it with Wytheville for gas, and they stayed at that Holiday Inn. No and then they got up the net. And that was – there was no question. There was no other yeah. places that you might stay. That was where they always that's stayed. That's it. That's Yeah, and that's that's about right because that's the – you know, yeah. that's that's about the only place. If you're through there and you want to take your kids on a little trip, you can, it's south of Wytheville, you can go find Grayson County. There's some signs. <clears throat> you can find, like, where the cabin was. There's a sign. I'm, I'm looking at a picture of it that says – this was the site of the kidnapping of five-year-old Katie Sage in 1792. Oh, like they could even know that. There's no way. That's... Well, I don't know. I don't know. I well, mean, why, you're can't, right. why can't they say like not far from here is the assumed site of the yeah. kidnapping? Well, like, maybe that cabin is still there. I don't know. We're going to go there. We'll, you know what? We'll we'll do a part two of this episode someday, like yeah. 20 years from now. We're going to go through there at, at some point and we'll go do a little a little research. It is private prop. Oh, well, okay. Hold on. This could add to the idea that it is true. Because are you reading it now? I see you looking at it. It then under the sign says private property owned by Woody Wright, a sage family descendant. Dun, dun, dun. If Woody Wright listens to this podcast, send, we have a website. Oh, the real story podcast.com. Please send us an email and invite us to come down and do an on location podcast at your cabin. It would make our lives. <laughs> so anyway, I, I want to go through just a little fact sheet, first of all, to be clear on some things. So it's Katie with a C, C-A-T-Y, Sage. It's generally how you're going to find her if you are looking through the historical record. There are, I mean, magazine, and I'm sorry, newspaper articles um, from um, Abington, Virginia, March 3rd, 1871, has the story, this narrative about Katie Sage and backs up most of the things that we've been talking about here. Uh, then um, there's also on the Wyandotte Nation website, which is updated, um, and, they, and they have a page for Tarhi. And in it, it talks, all, you know, all sorts about Tarhi. And there's all, you know, we can talk about Tarhi and his relationship to Isaac Zane and Zanesville and all that. But Tarhi certainly was married to a girl who they had called Sally Sharp, but is believed to be Katie Sage. And that's where this connection all comes through. Um, and Katie, then after Tarhi died and Katie was married to Between the Logs, who then subsequently dies... And at some point, she becomes married to a Frost. And when she leaves Wyandotte County in 1843, she's married to uh, a man named Frost, who Brian and I have found on the record as, as signing away and receiving money for property sold to the U.S. government when they left. So all of this seems to check out. Um, you know, there's also, there's a, like a children's style book called The Legend of Katie Sage by Ellie Kirby. You can get for your kids. Uh, there's a, a full length book called Yara Quinn's A Wyandotte Indian Queen by Bill Bland. Yeah, that's actually her indie Wyandotte name is Yara Quinn's. Yara Quinn. Yep. Yara Quinn. <laughs> uh, ooh, I found some stuff on her dad. Um, his birth date is, oh no, her birth date. 
her mother's Revolutionary War pension. Oh, I saw I saw that whole the Ballad of Katie Sage and newspaper articles written about her and her story appears in several local histories. Her birth date is the 5th of January, 1786 is found in her mother's Revolutionary War pension application, but conflicts with the the December 4th, 1785 birth date of her older sister. Mary from the same source. It also conflicts with her said age of five at the time of her kidnapping. A family history, the March of the Sages, presumes a mistake and lists the date as the 5th of January, 1787. The date That date conflicts with her younger sister, Lovis's, um, of March 1st, 1787, and in the pension application. So it is... It, too, is probably wrong. Lovis would have been uh, March 1st, 1788, also accepted in the March of the Sages. So there's lots of information about her that's probably slightly sketchy. Oh, I think the whole family's sketch. I think every—well, to be—now, to be fair, everybody back then was a little sketch if you were living on the frontier in uh, North America. Maybe. And I don't even mean to say that she was sketch or that the story is sketch— the story is what sketch she has a birthday. Like there was yeah. a day she was born and her mom had to apply for an application. And you know what she probably said? Ugh. My, like my, my whatever, is, like I just have to write this date down. Like, no, she's not even living here anymore. So like, why would it matter if I have the day off or the month off? Just writing a date. But, but that's my point. Like, I don't, I don't think people sometimes understand like what it means to survive. Like oh, that's no all kidding. they were really trying to do. Like there, there's no, there, there's no wake up and like, Check Instagram, check this. Oh, check don't. That. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's even there, there is like build, chop down trees, build a cabin. Yeah. Get rocks out of the river, make a fireplace. Take the like, take the laundry, either fill a tub with water and bring it into your cabin or or boil it down river. by the river, which yep. is what she was doing the day that Katie, uh, the guys are out hunting Yeah, for food. And also for, you know, uh, you know, beaver pelts and beaver the pelts. like. That yeah. Was... So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's a great story. How's that beer? What in the hell is wrong with that? Oh, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. It's not like a normal beer. It's a hazy IPA, maybe. Yeah, but it tasted like I had like, like I was like bitter, like, um, like it has acid in it or something. It tasted like sucking on a lemon. Or a oh. lime. It was it was it wasn't bad. I just wasn't like it took me by surprise. Uh if you go to Grayson County you can find uh um, a quilt. That's weird. Uh with Katie chasing butterflies. Oh yeah, that is part of the story. She was quilt chasing Katie. butterflies the last time her mom saw her. Here, we know what she looks like. To add to the Disney Disney if you're listening. She was chasing ah. butterflies. Hey, so this has been another episode of Real stories with Graham and Brian. Hope that you guys enjoyed listening to us, uh, to our rants. I hope that you enjoy the story of Katie Sage, and maybe it interests you to look into it a little bit more. Next time you're going through Wytheville in Virginia, and you stop and you go to the Holiday Inn, wake up in the morning, take your kids down, and find the site. There's even a marker, the kidnapping site of Katie Sage. Uh, So you can find stuff about it down there. Uh, also go to our website, realstoriespodcast.com. This is Graham. This is Brian. And this was the real story of Katie Sage. <laughs>